Join Kim and Ketsia as they explore life without alcohol after both being heavily immersed in a drinking culture for years. They explore different topics of sobriety each week, ranging from friendship to motherhood. By sharing personal stories from their past, they talk about their experiences of what it is like to now thrive rather than just survive the weekends sober. Hey guys, so it's just Kim and Katzia this week and we're catching up. We're just sort of doing a springtime check-in with each other. So we were going to talk about springtime and it's warm out and it's true. It's like, what do you think the first thing you think of when you see the sunshine, when it's not gloomy and dark? Right. (laughs) It's like you're reminded of, oh... I'm going to go sit outside with a glass of wine, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was like the, you know, you know what it is? It's like the daylight savings and all of a sudden your kids start playing outside later in the evening and the sun, you know, it's just like lighter out later. And that I think is a big trigger for us around here. And it's just like warmer in the evenings and lighter out. And then you start to think, oh yeah, I used, especially in early sobriety, you feel that need. If you stopped drinking in the wintertime, you feel that need to, to maybe have a drink, right? Right. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that is huge because, um, well, you live in a neighborhood with families and stuff, right? And you, that, like you talk in your book about, the big part of the drinking culture was in your community and in your neighborhood and in the people that you lived around. So when you make that shift and a lot of people are like that, we live in communities. Um, so we, for example, right now live in an apartment complex and there's like a bunch of different buildings. Um, and we're here while we're figuring out which house we want to buy and things like that. Um, but yeah, a lot of the kids are outside. I see people on their little balconies and they'll have a drink. We don't really know them. I've always been sober since I've lived here, which is kind of, I guess, the benefit. But I was just, I was laying in bed this morning and I was like, ah, oh, I could see this time next week, the light will be coming in through my window at like 530 in the morning, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh man, and my sister-in-law's got a pool and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. And they're pretty big drinkers. So it's like, you know, there's that temptation, not temptation, that's not the right word for me, but there's that you're going to be around it. And regardless whether it's a temptation or whether it brings up, it brings up memories for me, like all, like they were doing one summer, they were doing fireball shots or something. And I was just like, Whoa. like I had like a visceral reaction to this fireball. And I was like, I was like, Ooh. <laughs> Right. You know, so it, it, you know, like you said, if people, if somebody got sober in the winter or, you know, fall of this last year, like you're still new in your sobriety and how do you handle sober spring and sober summer, you know? Yeah. Um, I do live in a neighborhood where a lot of, um, you know, when I, when I stopped drinking, I, we had lived somewhere else where the houses were a little closer together. And, uh, um, you know, I had some good friends that lived right next door that I used to drink with, but, um, now we live in a different neighborhood. So it's a little, 
it's a different scene. It's not as wild over here in this neighborhood. It's a little quieter, which is, which is good, which is good for me. Um, but yeah, it is, um, you still have that. You smell the barbecue. Like that's a trigger for me. Like the, the, the smell of like burgers cooking. <laughs> it's, like, it's so funny how certain smells can bring you back. Even for me, like it's in, like you said, it's not like a temptation, but it's like that, reminder it's just like brings you back to like a certain place um you know and actually like i write about that in my book like the smell of like my bathing suits brings me back like (laughs) it just takes me back to a time when like yeah i just remember sitting around the pool drinking and you know it's not like i'm like all of a sudden like oh i want to go drink but it's almost that feeling of like being nostalgic and feeling a little maybe sad for what once was. And I had that a lot in the first year of my sobriety, just feeling like, "Mm, okay, yes, this is your new life now, Kim. Like this is what's happening. You're not going to be doing that. So let's figure out what you're going to do instead. You know, tonight, yeah, we are going to grill burgers. Or, yeah, we're going to go to the pool this afternoon, you know, if it's summertime, whatever. You're not going to drink. That's your reality. Um, so it's always like that play the tape forward. That's what I used to say in those early days in that first year. You know, how would it feel if I actually did participate in the barbecue drinking scene? How would it feel if I sat around the pool with a glass of wine? What would happen? Well... One glass would turn to two, would turn to three, would turn to multiple bottles, and the day would get away from me, and I would feel like crap. So that would help me to sort of like play it forward, you know, play the whole thing out. And even though I feel like in that initial moment, smelling the bathing suit or smelling the barbecue, I feel like, okay, yeah, it's a little sad. I just got to like take a deep breath and really think about it. You know, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to go back. And at this, like, as you, as I was listening to you, like the spring and summertime for me involved so much day drinking, like acceptable day drinking, not like me drinking in the morning in my closet (laughs) drinking, but like everybody was day drinking. And so when you were talking, I was like, when you play the tape forward, the hangovers and the amount of like, good morning time that I missed because I was so deathly sick. Like, but then I would do it again because you kind of get your second wind or you need the quote unquote hair of the dog at like 11 o'clock and you're like, well, time to start again. And so your body never recovers. That's the stuff you, you almost have to take yourself back to the places that you don't necessarily want to go to when that, when that romanticizing starts happening. Yes. Romanticizing. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you have to take yourself to the place where it's like, no, Kim, no, Katsy. I remember like, remember hungover, Kim. I remember how, you know, sick you were when your kids just wanted to, you know, get your attention in the morning or, you know, sitting in the sun with a hangover. It's like next level. But the only thing you can do to cope with it is to drink more so that you don't notice it. But it's just a cycle, you know? Totally. I remember um, Mother's Day. We, our tradition with a group of friends was to always do Mother's Day mimosas at a friend's house. Mm-hmm. And um, 
we would do like a workout beforehand and then like a spin class and then I'll meet for mimosas and bagels and stuff. And, you know, everybody felt like, oh, this is great because we're doing a spin class. And then, you know, <laughs> but like, I remember actually being too hungover to even get to the spin class. So I would just like join for the mimosas. <laughs> um, but, you know, the husbands all took the kids elsewhere. So the moms could have their mimosa brunch time alone. And then they would show up with the kids later at like noon or one and all the moms were like half in the bag. And it was just like, and then I remember having to go to my son's lacrosse game and I just like stuck a bottle of wine in my bag. And I was just like, Oh, this is, this is fine. Cause it's my day. It's mother's day. And I'm just walking around with my bottle of wine and like, God, why was that permission slip to just go even and that you're right actually that makes me think again this this kind of run up to what do you guys call it here in the states memorial day yeah we call it may long weekend in canada yeah. or may long so starting in even around easter but starting in may for sure you've got so many excuses quote unquote yeah. to just go buck wild during the day with your drinking and during the nights too obviously but yeah it's like it doesn't, it doesn't get easier. And like, it's harder to like, if you get sober in the winter, like we did, you kind of like, it feels okay to put yourself to bed at like 7 p.m. if you need to, because it's totally pitch black at like four o'clock. Whereas once it starts getting lighter out, it's like the, the, the feels are there that you feel like you're missing out on something. Even if you know that drinking isn't the thing for you, I think it's still, it's that romanticizing that you have to see because it creeps up on you. And I could just be like, even two and over two years sober and like driving past like uh, this cute little, like if we go out of town somewhere and there's like a little pub and they've got like seating out front and that used to be my jam. And I'd be like, yeah. and they'd have like live music or something. And I'd be like, man, I would be there. Like, and my husband again is not like a drinker at all, but he would just, he'd happily go with me and we just prop up the, the bar, the table or whatever, of course, I would go way overboard and he would have like one or two drinks, you know? So those are the things that like, I have to remember, it wasn't just the fun Ketsia, it was like the really, and he was just too nice to ever really say anything. Like he would say things every now and again, but it was never like enough. He never like, <laughs> never put his foot down, you know? <laughs> um, I was just editing the next episode for fucking sober and yeah. there's a scene where we walk by a restaurant with the kids yeah. and um or, or rather betsy does um and um it's like in like an outdoor beer garden kind of scene and i like get super triggered and or betsy does <laughs> sorry and um yeah it's it's the, it is so true how that experience that's what we that was like my jam totally i think i even used those words in the podcast like that was my jam mm -hmm. interactive drinking made you feel like you were a good mom because you're like oh a beer garden was great because they had like cornhole and they had like ping pong and they had games for the kids mm -hmm. and tvs but they also had and they had good food you know they always had like really like you know pre the soft pretzel and pizza mm -hmm. and for the kids um and just like such good beer for the parents and 
you know. Isn't that sneaky though? When you think about it now, the marketing that goes into that, because like, yeah, it sounds amazing, right? It sounds amazing. But that is so sneaky because not only then are you giving parents the excuse that they need, which is, it could be a very weak excuse anyway. They just need something, right? Okay, well, now my kids are going to be entertained. And I think, and, and you see it now in the gambling industry and stuff too. Yep. You see sports gambling has been targeted towards younger and younger audiences because they know that parents or sorry that children are um, emulating and imitating the things that their parents do so you can't think that kids being surrounded by a group of drunk adults that they're not going to be picking something up oh this is acceptable to be like this and it's like oh it's so sneaky like come here we have great food we have you know everything yeah. you want for the whole family one of like the most popular destinations on the island of, of Nantucket is the Cisco Brewery. Mm -hmm. I can never say that word brewery, um, but <laughs> but Cisco they they do it right. I mean, it's this massive lot where they have like outdoor um, like a live band all summer long, food trucks. They have games. I mean, it, it, it is it is the spot to be on the island in the afternoons after you. Um, you know, get off the beach, everyone heads to Cisco and it's, it's smart, you know, it's, so, it's smart on their part because they know, um, you know, the tons of games for the kids, they have such good food, you know, um, and it's, it's, it's dangerous. It's tricky. And every kid knows Cisco. Right. My kids even have hats from there. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I, that's so funny. Somebody, um, who I follow and she follows me on Instagram. She sent me a message or she, she forwarded me a reel this morning and in the reel, I don't know if it was one mom or a bunch of moms. I can't remember. I watched it once, but the mom had a baby, uh, her son, who was probably like under four months old. And she is doing like a tour of all these different beer gardens and breweries and stuff and she's got him at a, and they've got little t-shirts that they make and little onesies and 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 she's cheersing his um bottle with a beer and i was just like i would have found that hilarious a few years ago i would have been like oh this is so funny you know that would have been me <laughs> and you think to yourself like do they make like bottles that are the shape of like martini glasses now because I wouldn't put it past these companies to be like oh this is so funny and it's like I just I felt so much gratitude for my sobriety in that moment because being pregnant now and knowing that I'm bringing another child into the world and to not have to go through the suffering that I went through at the hands of alcohol and and the targeting towards mothers at, at yeah. the point when my daughter was born she's eight now it's just it's I just I'm so grateful because it gave me like shivers I was just like oh this is so wrong you know and it's not that mom's fault um there's so many things at play but I think it's especially it, you have to be so strong because it just sneaks up on you you don't realize that alcohol is the problem you you beat yourself up and you think you're the one who's um doing you know who's failing as a mom and who's doing shameful things and so it's a cycle right yes and it's yeah you feel even though they're the ones doing it to you like they're the, the marketing and you're falling victim to it yeah in the beginning it's like you blame yourself and yeah. i certainly did or you don't I and mean, you also just don't really see what they're doing is wrong so regardless whether you blame yourself or not you don't see that 
I didn't even know the words big alcohol until I came into sobriety and I was like, ah, you know, and so the average person doesn't think about, unless you have a a marketing background or mindset, you're not really, it's so subliminal in a lot of cases that you're just not even thinking about it. And this time of year going into spring and summer is so ripe for it too, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, you know, advice wise, like I'm just trying to remember what, you know, definitely playing the tape forward but there was a lot of times I would just leave early or just not go to the thing oh yeah just not just not subjecting myself to it because it's hard like the first summer nobody in my um husband's family knew that I was sober the first summer that we lived here and like I said my my brother and sister-in-law are big drinkers especially by their pool it's beautiful there whatever and we we a lot of times would just have to make up an excuse. And I told my husband from the outside, I was like, you and Harper can go. Yeah. Uh, I just, I can't do it. And because especially if not everyone knows about it, then like turning down things, especially when you're known as the person who would always be doing the fireball shots. I was like, Oh, this is going to look a little fishy. I wasn't ready to come out with my sobriety aside from in the sober community at that point. I also felt like just socializing in general was so exhausting. I so (laughs) by the idea of, but I think that's the introvert in me. Like I realized that I fueled my introverted self with alcohol. That was how I made myself comfortable in social scenes. I was so anxious. I was such a nervous person that the only way I could survive social situations before was drinking And I had to figure out how to do that and find the courage and the confidence and the strength to um, carry myself without, um, you know, drinking. And I had to do a lot of self work and growth to, um, to do that, you know, to discover uh, all of that before I could start socializing. And so I remember Laura McCowan talks a lot about that in her books uh, book, I say books because I just downloaded her second one. I don't actually haven't read it it yet, but um, she talks a lot about that in, in, you know, her writing. So you, that it's important to sort of like, yeah, kind of become a hermit and, and be confident in who you are before you subject yourself to those kinds of situations. um, At least in the beginning. And I, I, definitely felt that because I just didn't know who I was without alcohol and it scared me to, um, to, yeah. And it was so interesting when I finally did realize I'm like, Oh, I'm not an outgoing extroverted person. My father-in-law to this day, even a few days on the weekend, he, we were talking about my baby shower coming up in May and I think I told you that like, I'm doing this mostly for my mother-in-law cause I don't really have yeah. friends here. I didn't, I didn't grow up here. It's for my husband's side of the family and like all the women there. Right. I'm happy to do it. But so my yeah. father-in-law made some comment just in like a totally non, you know, whatever judgmental way. He just, he goes, Oh, I bet you love being the center of attention because my, cause my mother-in-law was talking about me sitting on a chair, like in the front by the oh, fireplace. God. And I was just like, Oh, I can't like that. I'm going to be exhausted that day. Right. And normally 
obviously not at my baby shower, but if it, there was any other um, social function like that, I would lubricate that with alcohol so that I could, because you and I both have ADHD, right? So like you're constantly stimulated by everything around you. So your brain yeah. is thinking this and thinking that, what's this person doing? What's that person doing? And do, what, do my kids have this for next week? Like it's constant, yeah. you know, the noise. And so I would drink to dumb that down. And it's like, so now we're planning this. And um, when he said that, and, and my husband piped up before I said anything, and he goes, actually, dad, Katz doesn't like being the center of attention. She gets really anxious about that. And I was like, what? Right. Oh, love your husband. Yeah. I was like, what a change from like Kenzia three summers ago. Who You wouldn't be able to tell. Probably the same with you is like, yep. Kim's like the life of the party or the last one standing or whatever. So funny. That's so true. And now it's like, I can, I don't, it's, you know, it's so funny. I am confident in being in social situations now, but I need I need to go off on my own after a little bit and re I need to recharge my social battery. Yes. I need to, um, like I enjoy being in social situations, but I can't be there for a long time. I need to get out and kind of just like take a breather. Um, I don't like being at parties for a long time. I just get exhausted and literally get really tired. And I do, I think it's that introvert. I think it's my brain does not stop. Yeah. Like, analyzing, evaluating, thinking yeah. that is the ADHD. That's the writer's brain. That's like, there's so many, um, you know, there's so many things going on in my brain that I always say, I'm like, I think my husband's brain is like literally like at this like even plateau and he's just like, like just so chill and mine is like and i'm just like thinking 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 um and i'm the kind of person that like i process my emotions kind of like afterwards i think it takes me a little bit i kind of like have to experience and then feel it later um I, you know because i think just for everything i've been through in my life i i feel like it's safer to process after the fact um because I think for so long I used alcohol to sort of escape. And now it's in, I think that it's easier and I'm working on that. I try to be more present and in the moment, but it's hard, you know, and that's why I use my writing to sort of right. um, process it after. But things that I found useful and I still do this sometimes now, if I'm feeling a bit like untethered, um, leading up to something or the day of, I listen, I make sure I listen to like a sobriety podcast that morning or a couple or something. I make sure I, um, tap into like the sober community. Maybe like when you're earlier in sobriety, you might have someone who's like more of a rock for you that has a bit more of a longer term sobriety or someone you look up to another woman or man or whatever it is. And to, when you, when you're listening to that, because you're absorbing that, right? So you're getting the messaging from whatever people you're around, whatever media that you're listening to, anything like that. And I think it's just powerful to remind yourself and, and to be like, yeah, there's sober badasses out there who are doing this, who are living life sober and still having challenges. But on the days that we're not, that we need to pick me up, someone's there to give us a hand and then we can do it when we're in a stronger point, you know? 
So yeah. I think that was really useful to like, not just like bury my sobriety, but actually to like immerse myself in it, like leading up to whatever, even if it wasn't a big social event, if it was just like, you know, something, if it was, if I knew something, if you were going somewhere that maybe held some memories for me or yeah. you know, going for a drive through like a town by us or things like that, I would, I would know. And I'd be like, okay, like I can do hard things, but I need to prepare myself for it. Totally. Yeah. I love that. It's a great piece of advice. Yeah. That, that's just, I don't know. And I still do that to this day though. I still, I don't necessarily read as much Quitlet as I used to, I but when I start losing touch with that stuff is when I find myself getting like itchy and my sobriety and I'm like, huh, like I'm just like, and the, there's no mistake because you, you have to, you never can forget how bad it was when you were in it. And yeah. to just be like, even if it's not, I don't even like thinking to myself, like not necessarily thinking, Oh, I'd like to have a drink, but even the romanticizing of it, that's the start of it. And I'm like, okay, let's just nip this in the bud right now. You know? Yeah. That's great. Totally. I love it. Yeah. Well, this is a good chat. I love just catching up with you and yeah, this is a good check-in. We will do more of these, I think, throughout the next few months. Cause I think it's important to have us chatting and just letting people know that like, if they're feeling these things that they're not alone in that. And yeah. Definitely. I think we should put some, yeah, questions out to um, our followers and see, um, you know, if you guys have any things that you want us to talk about, any questions um, that we can discuss on the podcast, let us know. Um, send us an email or send us a DM, me or Ketsia um, on Instagram. And yeah, we'd love to. Oh, sorry, that's Moose there. Um, we would love to. Yeah. Answer your questions. I love that idea. Even if it's, you know, I don't know, sober pregnancy. <laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah, throw that Ketsia's way. I cannot answer that, but <laughs> it is a thing, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, there's it there's different it's interesting how as you become more grounded or have longer time in sobriety, there's different things that always come up. Like you never are just like oh, I'm sober and I'm fixed. It's like, oh, there's always going to be challenges. You might be dealing with a mother wound or you might be, you know, going through some issues in your marriage or stuff like that. So whatever questions that people have, I love hearing what um, is on everyone's minds and their hearts and stuff. So Totally. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Thanks guys for listening. Have a great weekend sober. Yay.